Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 310 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? It's Sunday. Oh, I tell you folks, I'm battling something. But... Here I am, so I, I apologize for the voice, it's uh, it's not the the normal smooth and sexy uh, sounding voice going from left to right on your radio dial. <clears throat> no, I'm going to fight fighting a little something here, but I didn't want to leave you cats hanging, so here I am, late Saturday night, it's 10 o'clock, let's talk about a few things. Um, well, of course the... Uh, the Annual LNAH draft is going on, seven teams in the league, and uh, it has created uh, a stir amongst the fight fans. I'll get into that. Then I'll look at some past uh, LNAH drafts, some of the names that have come up. I think I've done that in the past, but it's been been a minute, so I'll do it again for the, uh, we'll review it for the new listeners. Um... Of course, uh, it's Sunday, so I have to do uh, my week on the internet. Uh, you know, my my annual weekly rant about uh, the pinheads that I interact with on social media. Um, all this is more of a. Well, I'll get into that, but. And then I had a question about a podcast, about starting a podcast, and uh, and and just what to. Um, and I'm gonna well. And I'm going to offer a nickel's worth of free advice to those who are just starting out. Now, again, not that I'm trying to, you know, like all of a sudden I'm Tom Brokaw here and it's like, you know, we're MSNBC over here or anything. But after 310 episodes and have done this for a bunch of years, um, I, you know, I, I have a few insights that I could offer, um, you know, as a listener as well, obviously, so... I'll talk about that, and uh, and then I have a really cool little deal. Um, I like to do the top five. You know, I like to have guys back on the show. If I have them on the show, fighters, and not only do we do their bio, you know, go through their timeline of their career and everything. If I have them back on a second time, um, I like to do like their five toughest opponents, and uh, you know, it's a, it's cool. It's an easy little thing, and it's a cool way to get them back on the show, and uh, and and all that. But today, I have a very special five toughest opponents. It was, uh, it's Link Gates. Now, before we all start, you know, fast forwarding to hear the missing Link tell us his five toughest opponents. Didn't really work that way. Um, he, he was more or less asked about doing a, a podcast and was like, uh, no, beat it. But, uh, 
uh, a friend of his that does work in the, for anybody that wants to know, he's, uh, Link Gates is working out in the patch in Alberta. Um, and this guy works with them and they're friends. And, uh, his name is Patrick. I won't give his full name, but Patrick and I have talked before. And, uh, and I, and he said, oh, well, you know, I hang out with Link, whatever. And I can ask him to come on the show. I don't think he'll do it, but I'll ask him, whatever. And I said, that's cool. That's great that you do that. And I said, could you just ask him though, as you're sitting there one night, who are his five toughest opponents? I'm just curious to what he would say. And it took a couple, you know, a little bit, but Patrick got back to me. He did ask Link, and Link gave them. Reluctantly, but he gave them. So I have that from the man himself. And uh, and finally, um, back with the rapid fire segment uh, that has been has proven to be quite popular. Um, for the newer listeners out there, it is, uh, well, just the last couple episodes. Um, it's just as it sounds. The man on the street interview. Um, I talked to fight fans and I basically hit them with 10 questions, um, that they had no prior knowledge of. And I basically put them on the spot and, uh, yeah, I've had a bunch of guys do it. And, uh, and I've had a bunch of people contact me wanting to do it. It'll certainly, we can certainly, we'll get it done. Um, but of course, if you've already heard the, the other episodes, it's like, you kind of know what questions I'm going to ask. So I've, uh, I've had to mix them up a little bit and I had my friend Jay who's on for the, about the millionth time, but he's like a minor league, he's a big minor league guy. So, um, yeah, I did 10 questions with him, but I, and he didn't know what questions were coming and I altered them to like, to have a real minor league flavor. So, uh, cause he could really give a shit about the NHL or anything. So, but he had some great answers and we, uh, you know, so that'll be the last about, I think we go for about 25 minutes. So, um, that'll be the, the last portion of today's show. But, uh, how about we get into it? Shall we? Um, first things first. Of course, I got to talk about the boys, right? As I said, I'm a member of the hockey podcast. Do you know who else is members of the hockey podcast? Yeah, I know. This is where we're at, folks, in 2023. Uh, Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. And Joe Lazito of Coliseum Chronicles fame. Of course, it's a New York Islander based podcast. They have, uh, joined, sorry folks, that might happen. Uh, that might happen a few times, uh, in this, uh, recording. So I'm going to try to, uh, Tony, I'm going to try to edit it this time. So Tony always gives me shit for coughing on the air. So I'm really bad at editing shit. I really don't, well, yeah, I'm talking like I edit stuff all the time. I really don't edit anything because actually most of the time when I'm recording, um, it's always like the night before and it's like, I don't have time to edit shit, spit polish this shit. So you're, you're getting the raw deal, the uncut. Yeah. It's, it's like the acoustic version of, uh, of, of podcasting. But, um, well, like I said about Alec and the five for fighting pie, actually some big things are happening. Um, first of all, he just released an episode. Um, and it's actually, uh, the third time with uh, Nico Blatchman, uh, East Coast Hockey League guy, tough guy, and uh, he's been on Alex's show a couple times. And uh, the third time here, it's basically just a review of his season. Um, and uh, he talks about a few incidents that happened this year. And uh, yeah, it's just a good conversation with Nico. He's a throwback guy. I'm a big fan. And uh, it's cool that he, uh, you know, him and Alec have a friendship and, uh, and he's been on the show a few times. And uh, yeah, always a great guest. Um, so definitely check that out. And also I'll get this one. Oh, here we go. He's released merch folks. Yeah. There are actually going to be people out in the wild wearing like five for fighting podcast hats and shirts. You know, I asked where the, hopefully the plungers and dish rags come out next, but, uh, 
yeah, he is uh, the hit. The Hit Club uh, is sponsoring, and uh, he has posted up uh, links to the uh, to the website, and uh, it's like Hit Club Hockey, and uh, yeah, and he's got hoodies and T-shirts and hats, and uh, I'm not going to tell him I'm going to buy one, but you know, I'm waiting for a discount code, but. Uh, you know, I, I think eventually he's going to have to, you know, he'll have to pay people to start wearing his stuff. But, you know, maybe I could model. I could be I could be his plus-size model and, and, and uh, show off my Five for Fighting podcast merch. But, uh, no, seriously, congratulations to him. Stuff looks really cool. Plus, I really dig Alex's logo. It's like a Blades of Steel, like the video 8-bit vibe. Is it 8-bit or is it 16-bit? I don't know. It's like that computer, you know what I'm talking about. Blades of Steel, you know, so... His logo's cool, so, uh, yeah, so definitely, uh, look into that, um, for, not to step on Alex thing here, but I, for those, I, I've been asked a bunch of times for a bunch of years, am I coming out with merch? Um, I know I keep talking about it, um, I've asked around with a bunch of, like, I don't know how it all works, but I've asked around to a bunch of different companies, um, was never really comfortable with the, with the split, with the money split, um. You know, and a couple of them were just like flat out, like, "Oh yeah, we'll give you a buck, you know, for every shirt." Meanwhile, they're selling them for thirty. I mean, I get it; they're, they're doing all the stuff, but a dollar, you know, come on now, um, you know. So, um, you know, and and then it kind of got, well, you should just make your own shirt. Well, I don't want to have a whole friggin' room full of like shirts that I get stuck with. You know, I get thirty-eight mediums left or something. So, um. So I've never really wanted to do that either. I just kind of want to do almost like, you know, I just give them the designs, much like Hit Club's doing for Alec, give them the designs. They do all this, go to their site, buy it there, they ship it, whatever, and they send me a check at the end of the month or whatever, and, you know, whatever the percentage may be. That's kind of what I want to do. So um, it is being looked into. To be completely honest, folks, um, and I've said this on a bunch of episodes, this is actually my busiest time of year. Um, I, I have literally worked like two months straight. Um, I was, again, I worked this morning. On the weekends, I don't work, you know, eight or 10 hours on the weekends or anything, but I go in for four or five. And, uh, so needless to say, I haven't slept in for a long time. And, uh, I think it's starting to catch up to me here. But, uh, like I said, I have a bunch of meds here. So hopefully it, uh, it'll clear up. But my point being, uh, between work and of course it's hot out and I work outside. So, um, yeah, by the time you get home at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you don't really don't want to do much. And, um, so I apologize to those folks that, um, I have a, I talked to a couple guys about doing interviews and to be completely honest, it's just been a real battle with time and, uh, you know, how I'm feeling and run down everything else. So I have to say, uh, you know, I've, I've normally rant and rave about guy, whatever with the interviews and stuff. Uh, I will take full blame for this. This is all me. Um, you know, I have have a couple guys that, uh, they're ready to go. They've mentioned to me a couple times that they're ready to go and I just haven't been. And, um, you know, my apologies, but I will, I will do my best here, uh, this week to, um, to get them on. Cause one guy's also, not only do I want to talk to him about his hockey career, but he's actually an ice horse coming up here. So I want to get him uh, on here and talk about that as well. So um, actually, anyway, I've, I've rambled off about what I was talking about, Alec. But yes, the Five for Fighting podcast has merch, uh, has a new episode out. So definitely check that out. 
Also, Jolton Joel Lazito Coliseum Chronicles, New York Islander based podcast. Um, he actually just released an episode. Jimmy Mazza, again, another East Coast League guy, played in Orlando last, this past season. Um, yeah, again, Joe, tremendous back catalog. Um, Dean Ewan, Fakoda, on and on. Tremendous job. And I saw, oh, get this one. Old Chris is in from Switzerland. He's in New York City. Taking in the sights. He's overseas. Look at this. He's in New York, New York. You know, the city's so nice. They named it twice. And who does he run into? Oh, Lazito. Oh, could you imagine? I, I want to know what neighborhood were you, what, you know, what hood were you in? Were you, re- like, you got to look into your Google Maps a little bit. And they sent you in the wrong direction if, uh, you know, you're in Lazito's area. Oh my goodness. And, uh, yeah, and actually, I kind of, as Chris is kind of going on vacation here, um, I kind of have a feeling when he, when he rolled into Lazito's neighborhood, uh, this is kind of the, the conversation in the car. This is so dangerous. We have no business being in an area like this. Well, look at it this way, honey. This is a part of America we never get to see. <laughs> That's good. No, that's bad. I mean, uh, we can't close our eyes to the plight of the cities. Kids, you noticing all this plight? So just uh, make us appreciate what we have. Roll them up. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that's how it went. Yeah, I saw I saw Chris there. He kind of he tagged me in a picture there, hanging out in New York with Lazito, and uh, I told him, you know, keep one hand on your wallet. That's for sure. But. Uh, yeah, Joe, man of the people. People from Switzerland coming over wanting to run into him. How about that? Look at that. You know you're a big deal. That's a long trip to go to see Lazito. You know. <laughs> Chris, I hope you had a great time in, on your vacation over here in North America. And, uh, yeah. There we go, folks. Where was I? Alec, Joe, Chevy Chase threw me off. I love vacation movies. Um... <laughs> Uh, Alec, Joe, members of the Hockey Podcast Network, really slumming. Myself, Terry Ryan, Jordan, five in a game. When he gets back from the oil patch, he's back at her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the, the decline is coming. <laughs> all right, folks, let's get into this, all right? Here we go. Well, first of all, the big news coming out in the Fight Geek world. Of course, the LNAH draft was going, has been going on this weekend. And it is open for, and uh, the thing with the LNAH now these days, uh, I, I can't remember how many years it's been put in. Can't stand this rule. It's ridiculous. Um, but you have to be, you ha- had to have either been born in Quebec or played in Quebec, you know, in the major junior system, um, in the league there. So, or you can be grandfathered in, like when Curtis Swanson, of course, obviously he's not from Quebec, but he did play in the league previously. Corey Holland, stuff like that, so they could come back and play. Uh, but outside, other than that, yeah, if you're born in Saskatchewan and, uh, yeah, and played in the Junior A or something around here or the Western League, you ain't invited to the LNAH. Which to me is completely ridiculous because, uh, you know, you have a hard enough time getting guys to that. Like, I get you want to make it local and all. I get all that. But 
Um, in terms of you also want toughness and all that. Well, toughness is hard enough to find, let alone when you put that many restrictions on it that you have to be from Quebec or played junior in Quebec. So, um, having said all that, a couple of interesting picks. There's always interesting picks in the LNH draft. Um, most of the time, um, they're just sort of picking blindly um, with some of the names and the names I'm going to throw out here shortly. Um, just in case you could actually ever convince them to come, they have to obviously play for your team. And, um, you know, so that's basically, it's like a protected, I mean, obviously some of the kids like coming out of the Quebec, like they will play in that league. I mean, not everybody drafted whatever, but some of the names that get tossed out, especially tough guys. Um, and I'll, and I'll, as I go through the older LNH drafts, you'll see what I mean. Um, you, you know, it's, you know, hoping a prayer, throw a dart and, you know, maybe someday he might show up and we'll get him, right? So, um, but anyway, the, uh, today's draft that, that had everybody talking, of course, um, Laval with their seventh overall pick, they took Brett Gallant, which was, uh, you know, got everybody talking. And, uh, and then later on in, uh, where's my list here? I wrote it down and now I can't find... Oh, here it is. I'm sitting in the dark. Uh, they took his brother Alex at uh, round five. Or round eight, pardon me. So, um, 53rd overall. So, imagine that tag team in Laval. The Gallant boys. Oh, that'd be tremendous. But, so... And then there was a press release that came out with... And it's always tough because, of course, it's written in French. So, you got to do the Google translation. Um, sometimes, and that doesn't really work sometimes, um, in terms of the wording, but if you looked at the official release, it sort of sounded like Brett had signed and whatever and all that. Um, so before I came on here and started flapping my lips about the Gallants going to Laval and this will be great. I mean, obviously I put the picture up on my social media and I kind of said, you know, new sheriff in town, question mark, you know, with the emoji with his hand on his chin, kind of giving it the, we'll see. Um, you know, because obviously, I, uh, being a fan of the LNH for many years, I know how this goes and how they sign guys and and everything. Um, so, um, I went before, I, like I said, before I got on here and started flapping my lips. Oh yeah, get your season tickets and the Gallants are coming and you know, run out and get jerseys. Um, I went to the source. I emailed the Gallants myself and um, yeah, basically. Alex has already signed back with Calgary in the American Hockey League, so he will obviously not be coming this season. And although Brett has not signed in Cleveland, um, it's it, it's kind of a wait and see kind of thing. Uh, apparently, he's been offered, um, so that door is still open. Um, there's some personal decisions that have to be made. Um, I'm I'm certainly not going to discuss everything that we talked about. But um, it is not out of the, I'll put it this way, it is not out of the realm of possibility that he might end up in the LNH, but he has not signed anything. Um, they have contact, obviously, they've talked. Um, he is eligible because he played for the St. John Sea Dogs of the Quebec Junior League back in, the, in his junior days. Um, but right now he is sitting at almost 500 AHL games, and uh, I, I would assume that would be his first choice is to go back to Cleveland or to whatever American League team. Um, that wants to sign him. Um, but we'll see. So, to uh, I hate to burst everybody's bubble and tell 
you know, I'm, you know, and I'm telling, uh, you know, people that, you know, Santa isn't real. Um, Alex has, I mean, it's, it's all on the internet. He has signed with Calgary, the American league. So obviously he won't be there this year. And, uh, Brett has, uh, not signed anything, but at the same time, he didn't say, Oh, I'd never do that. He didn't say that either. So it's, uh, right now he is in a holding pattern, a wait and see what his future brings. But I did sort of kind of egg him on a little bit and say, Oh, him and Belmar would be a hell of a tilt and, and all that. Maybe you can get bossy out of retirement and, uh, we get a Galant bossy, uh, main event. That'd be, man, would that be awesome? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So we'll see. I actually had a fun little back and forth with, uh, Brett today. So I appreciate it. Appreciate him taking the time to, uh, get back to me right away and, uh, kind of let me know what's going on and, uh, answering my questions. But, uh, so we'll see. It's a wait and see. So I'm not completely, well, Alex isn't coming, obviously, but I mean, this year. But uh, I'm not completely shitting on the Brett Gallant not showing up in the LNH because it very well could happen. But I'm just simply stating that from the man himself today, he has not signed anything officially. But there are talking, and uh, it's a wait and see. So, as Lloyd Christmas would say, so you're telling me there's a chance. But also in that draft, Steve Bosse was signed. You know, and of course he is now a fighter, fighter, firefighter in Quebec and hasn't played for a few seasons. Um... So, and he signed with Marquis, and we will see how that goes. I can't, again, maybe for the right, hey, for the right amount of money, you can get you can get some dudes to do a lot of shit. So, uh, again, uh, now, I didn't get a hold of Steve and ask him, but he is signed, or he is uh, drafted. And uh, so, if he is going to come back to the league, that's where it'll be. Um, but nonetheless, it was interesting to see his name come up today. So, yeah, so the LNAH draft causing a stir with the Gallants, the Lavelle. I will say that Lavelle owner, man, he's old school and, uh, he's throwing money around and, uh, and he wants a tough team. So I respect him for that. And, uh, you know, hopefully the other teams get on board, but, oh man, I really wish they'd get rid of that stupid import rule. It's just, or, or have an import rule. I guess they don't really have one. Um, you know, it's just ridiculous. I mean, again, I get LNAH, it's the Quebec thing, whatever. I get all that, but I don't know. Um, I think obviously this is, uh, a, a ploy to keep, kind of keep costs down. Uh, Cause back in the day when teams were bringing in everybody, I mean, there was payroll, hundreds, million dollar payrolls in the LNH. And I think, you know, obviously a lot of these new owners just can't, they can't afford that. So you kind of, it's like, it's like always, always like baseball, right? It's almost like you had the Yankees and then, you know, spending all the money getting guys at the time it was like the Chiefs with, Go back and you look at their roster, and I mean they were getting Francois Larue and like Nathan Parrott, and you know, and all these guys to you know come out, and so you know, and they have to throw a lot of money at those guys, and the Quebec Radio X team with Brashear and all that stuff. I mean, the guys were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. So um, obviously, it wasn't sustainable because those teams eventually uh, other teams would drop out because they couldn't compete with the money. So uh, so this new incarnation of the LNAH. Um, you know, it's still tough. They still do a lot of fighting, obviously. No, I mean, not, well, nothing will ever be like it was in, you know, 04, 05, or like when that documentary came out. But um, at the same time, I mean, it is still the tough league and everything else. But I think you're really limiting yourself in terms of uh, um, getting just the, the number, of, like the quality of guys. Um, so that's my two cents anyway. But uh, I'm sure they obviously don't care what I have to say. 
But uh, I just I just think it's kind of foolish. But as, and also uh, a name that I wanted to throw out, and he is signed locally, is uh, Matthew Gagnon, uh, who played at Nottingham this past season. Um, he is actually signed with uh, Three Rivers, so um, he will be in the LNH this season. And um, yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun to see uh, the you know him in the league. So. Uh, yeah, the LNA shape it up. I mean, uh, imagine a Gagnon uh, Gallant bottle. That'll be something. Uh, you know, we'll see. And uh, looking forward to it, though. This uh, this fall, the uh, LNA gonna be dropping the mitts. So, um, yeah. I mean, other than that, uh, I wanted to. Uh, I, I was just gonna talk about. As I was saying with the with with past LNAH uh, drafts, I went to if if you actually go to the uh, Elite Prospects site, uh, great site. Um, they actually have all the LNAH drafts. This is where I'm getting the information from. Um, I, I'm not. It, it goes back to 2004. Um, but yeah, you just got to go down. Actually, it was funny. Like right off the stop, right off the top, Terry Dovell, uh, second overall, Brad Wingfeld to Verdun. Uh, Sandra Saboka to assault to, uh, uh, mission, uh, Sorrell. Um, uh, there you go. Mark Andre Wada Laval, Mel Engelstadt, 14th overall to the Quebec Radio X. Imagine if that had happened. Um, again, this is 2004. Um, just, uh, well, Laval, 26th overall, Mitch Fritz, um, Blue Benefield, Trois Rivieres, um, Frank Littlejohn by uh, 35th overall with Granby. I uh, 42nd overall with Verdun. Dennis Bonvi. Um, you know, I, 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 I know Bonvi won a couple times in these drafts. I think after you took him, you could hold on to him for, it was like I don't, two or three years you were allowed to hold on to him. And then they became uh, free agents again. Um, well, here again, 58th overall, Morasti, uh, uh Sorrell. And of course, that worked out. Obviously, he ended up going to the mission. So, uh, Ryan Smear with Sherbrooke, uh, Brad Both with St. Hyacinth, Rocky Thompson, Quebec Radio X, Brandon Fleener with Verdun. Yeah, Fleener would have been cool to see in that league too. Ken Fells with Sorrell, um, Ryan Flynn, St. George, Tetford Mines, 77th overall, Derek Bugard. There's some wishful thinking. Uh, Jeremy Cornish, Saguenay, uh, Sean Legault, Grampy, uh, PJ Stock, Sherbrooke, Brant Myers, Rob Skurlak, Sorrell, um, George Davis, St. George, um, Trevor Gillies, Three Rivers, yeah, Mike Segroy, 104th overall, Sherbrooke, um, TJ Tyler Lawson, yeah, there you go, Tyler Lawson, he actually ended up going to Sorrell, Riley Cote, Saguenay, uh, he got taken 170, 162nd overall. Chris Waltz, Three Rivers. Uh, Kenny Boone, Verdun, 130th overall. Man, how many, gee, I scroll, how many rounds did they have? We're in third, we keep scrolling. I mean, there's lots of names like, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Katzberg, remember him, St. George, um, Brett Henley, Roger Maxwell, Granby. Uh, Gino Ojic, St. Hyacinth took him 160th overall. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, that was 2004. I mean, you know, uh, 2005. Um, well, David Silverstone, Laval, second. Um, 
Jonathan Tremblay, Sorrell, it's funny. Uh, Jay and I in his tw- 10 rapid questions, Jonathan Tremblay's name comes up. Um, Louis DeBrusque, 18th, by Quebec Radio X. I love when they throw out Yablonski with Sorrell Tracy. Um, I would really like to talk to Yablonski. Because I'm actually, because, you know, being, you know, fr- the friends with Morasti that he is and everything else, um, I know he had, he had a nice AHL run, obviously, but I'm actually always surprised Jablonski, uh, didn't go to the LNAH, um, you know, just for a season or so, maybe, you know, right at the end or whatever. Yeah, I mean, because it wasn't like he was ever out of shape or anything. Uh, Sherbrooke, Tyler Willis, uh, you know, 49th overall, um, you know, uh, Ken, uh, Laval take Ken Belanger. Yeah, I always love when the NHL guys go. That uh, was 10 rounds that time. Um, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I could sit here all night and go on through, through these drafts. Peter Worrell, in the 2006 draft, he went fourth overall to Tetford. Um, Eric Lison, Marty Doyle, Brandon Tidbull. I'm surprised Brandon Tidbull didn't go just because his brother obviously played so long in the Quebec League. Um, Scrolling here, little oh, little John went again. So that was about two years from the other one. So maybe it was two years you could hold a guy. Um, Robin Big Snake, fifty fifth overall, Sherbrooke. Luke Phillips, of course, of uh, Southern Pro League, uh, was taken by Three Rivers. Ryan Jordy, Brett Angel, Les Borsheim, Quebec Radio X, sixty fourth overall. Sasha Lakovic, he did actually, he got drafted here by the Chiefs, but Sasha actually did end up, um, in the Quebec League. Matt Goody was Sorrell, uh, Tanner Schultz with Quebec Radio X, the final pick of that year. So, um, anyway, folks, I won't go through all two thousand, you know, every year or anything, but if you want to see what I'm talking about, go to the Elite Prospects page and, um, yeah, they have all the all the LNAH drafts from uh, twenty twenty two down to two thousand and four. So, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of tough guys um, taken, and uh, like I said, I was always sort of um, you know surprised that uh, some of these guys actually didn't end up going there. But uh, anyway, anyway, there you go. You can check it check it out for yourselves. Uh, just got just scroll through, man. You'll see some names and. Oh, the what ifs. Oh man, I would love to send it. Imagine Engelstad in the LNAH in 04 with Quebec. Oh. That would have been excellent. But, and Rocky Thompson and shit. Yeah, that would have been something. But, uh, moving on. Oh, and I should have said this at the top of the show. I really want to thank, uh, my past guests on Wednesday, James the Hooligan Brooks and Haley the Boss Ross. Uh, they are both Ice Wars competitors coming up here July 15th, Ice Wars 3 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And, uh, they were nice enough to come on the show and they promoted the shit out of this, of their appearance, which I greatly appreciate. Um, uh, of course, Haley is going to be the first female competitor in Ice Wars. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. She was a lot of fun to talk to. And of course, James, he fought Corey Allen last year or at the last event, Ice Wars 2. And he is actually partaking in the heavyweight tournament this year. And um, it's an eight-man heavyweight tournament. I've got a few names. There's been another announcement, uh, another entry. Um, so I have seven out of the eight guys here. Uh, of course, Curtis Swanson, the cowboy. He is in the uh, he is in the tournament. Um, of course, James Brooks, the guy, as I just mentioned. Um, Corey Allen, uh, he's been in, in one and two. 
And um, he is going to be in it. Justin Schmidt is in it. Um, SPHL heavyweight champ Ryan Devine is in it. Um, and the newest signee on is Catlin Big Snake. Uh, big dude, man. Oof. 6'5", 275. Um, you know, he's been, it's been a while since he played, but he played, he played some junior, that's how I first heard his name. He played junior B here in, uh, in Saskatchewan, in the Saskatchewan, in the uh, Prairie Junior League. So, um, there's some Saskatoon teams in that. So I heard through there. Uh, he played a little bit with, uh, Quinnell in the BC League and, uh, with LaRange in the SJHL. Actually, he was on their team for the playoff run when they actually won the league. So, um, but yeah, he has signed on to fight in the tournament. Uh, he is obviously Robin Big Snake's cousin. Um, but yeah, massive dude. Um, there's a couple of his fights on YouTube if you want to check it out. It's C-A-T-L-I-N, Catlin Big Snake. And, uh, yeah, look forward to seeing what he can do in the tournament. That's a big dude. Um, one of the names, um, that I know is in, he's, he's currently was playing in the LNAH. Um, I noticed he hasn't, he hasn't announced it on his Facebook page. And, uh, and Ice Wars hasn't announced his name, so I won't do that. I hate to be that. I'm not trying to be the tease here. But I just kind of realized as I saw his name that I had written down, it was like, oh yeah, but I don't think he's actually mentioned it. Um, these other guys have all mentioned that they're in it, so it's not like I'm talking out of school. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, if, um, if he hasn't signed or Ice Wars is holding back that announcement right now, um, so I don't want to throw the name out there. So uh, there's basically, um, I know at the top of this little bit, I said I had the seven names. I'll stick with the six that I said, cause they've all announced that they're in it. And, uh, I will, I will keep the other two out of the names out of my mouth. Well, one, I don't know, but the seventh guy I do know, but uh, I've, I've now noticed that he hasn't said it himself. So I'll let him do it. But, uh, yeah, again, Ice Wars three, uh, July 15th on pay per view, Cheyenne, Wyoming. As the weeks go on here, as we get closer, um, I'm going to have more competitors on and, uh, talking about it. As I would say, it's ice wars time. So, um, and I, and I like to have Charlie on who's in charge of it now and, uh, you know, but we will see going forward, but as the signings happen and, uh, there are some single bouts. I know the main event of it is just a smoke, uh, versus, uh, Bo Cornell. And, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Both those guys have been in both events. Um, I know Travis Check is back. Um, man, I, you know, he is, he, and he is fighting Cole, the Viking Johnson. He's got the big goatee at the last Ice Wars. Um, so that, I think they're opening the show. So that'll be, you know, a couple of the, of the lightweights, but can just drop bombs. So that'll be a fun little deal. And then, of course, we have Haley's fight, uh, with the female, uh, female, the first female fight. And I'm not sure who her competitor is. Um, I haven't heard her name yet, so I'm not quite sure if she's signed the contract. She hadn't as of when I was recording with Haley on Wednesday, so, or Tuesday, pardon me. But, uh, nonetheless, they said they will find her a fight if, and, uh, she's ready to go. So, looking forward to it. So there's your Ice Wars update. And, um, yeah, what the, one of the things I wanted to get into real quick, I, I won't drone on about this, but, um, Again, it was asked to be on social media um, about starting a podcast. Don't. That would be my advice. <laughs> um, my only real quick advice would, if it's going to be an interview show, um, you're in for, this is just, again, my opinion. Again, I'm not saying, you know, oh, it, it, listen to me, kid. I, I know what I'm doing. I'm a trailblazer or anything, or I'm a big rank show. But like I said, I've done, th- this is the 310th episode, so 
I've had my ups and downs with podcasting um, for over the last few years. I've seen the landscape change. Um, I've listened to a lot of podcasts because the one thing I always like to do is I want to see what's out there. I know I have a niche show with the kind of the enforcer. You know, there isn't a lot of, well, Joe, Alec, and I, that they're th- and Jordan. There are four shows out of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts. So it's a real niche. Um, you know, we're kind of an island unto ourselves. Um, you know, I, I think as a demographic goes, uh, yeah, by, I'm not really appealing to the young folks, uh, as I'm talking about guys from the eighties and nineties that they don't give a shit about. Um, so I definitely have a sort of, uh, you know, I would say 25 and older, 30 and older, um, is sort of the wheelhouse of who I'm talking to. And I think that would probably be the, if they went, did a age thing with my demographic, I think that's where it would fall in. But, um, but nonetheless, I'll, it, what I'm sort of speaking of uh, is sort of evergreen. You can go to all shows, not just like a niche show. Um, my only advice, again, if it's going to be an interview show, uh, you're in for a lot of heartache. Like I said, you'll talk to guys. Oh, yeah, bro, I'm in. And then it never happens. Um, it gets really frustrating at times. Or else they, you give a time and they know show. Uh, that has happened numerous times. And then you get trying, hey man, where were you? And then you just get ghosted and you never hear from them again. Um, this, this stuff has all happened to me over the years. Um, anybody that listens to the show regularly knows because I rant and rave about it. Um, so that is one thing. And even if you like, I know this particular, I, you know, I won't throw out their names or whatever, but it's a hockey show. Uh, and he, or what he wants to get going. Um, and it was all, well, my friend and I and whatever, and we'll just talk about, whatever it was going to be. I think it was just kind of a weekly NHL type show. Um, again, anytime you're, you're dealing with a partner, um, you're, you're now dealing with someone else's schedule. So, and sometimes it just doesn't sync up, you know, every once in a while it's going to happen, right? Shit comes up, whatever, sick, wedding, blah, blah, work, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but there's a lot of times that Folks just get lazy and don't want to do it. And then so you might have one one half of the team is really gung-ho and the other half is sort of, I'll, I'll do it when I do it. And that'll lead to just basically just bickering and strife and one guy getting kicked off and the other guy going on, which, you know, which is unfortunate. And it, and it probably could have all been resolved if you had just sort of done the show on your own. I mean, I, I understand wanting a partner and you can bounce stuff off and you can, and you can have that back and forth. Um, with the dialogue and stuff, which I completely understand, but at the same time, um, realize that you're taking in someone else's schedule. So that would be my advice. Tread carefully is what I'm saying. Um, the other one, and again, as I was saying, I, I like to listen to all different types of shows. Um, a, a lot of them, to be completely honest, I don't listen to for more than five minutes because they, I just don't like them or I'm not interested, but I'm more just interested in what the presentation is. Um, how they present themselves, what, uh, more so than what the topic is when I'm just sort of, it's studying for my part, right? Um, and there's been a couple shows that have had some, uh, kind of some interesting little, um, features or whatever. And, uh, I was like, oh, damn, I should, you know, I might steal that one. That's a good idea. As they say, if you, uh, take from one, it's plagiarism. If you take from many, it's research. So, uh, as, uh, to quote Jim Cornette, but, um, yeah, so um, I guess my only my advice is if you're going to do whatever uh, a show, um, know, know what you're talking about. I mean, this sounds so basic, but believe me, I have listened to so many podcasts over the years, 
And you would think, yeah, if you're going to do this and it's, you know, whether it be a show about a certain team that you're going to talk about or just an NHL show or a minor league show or whatever, um, you'd think this is sort of common sense, like, well, yeah, no shit. Well, you'd think, but common sense in today's world doesn't exist a lot of times. Um, if you're going to do a new show or, and, and do a feature on a guy, um, do the research. It's, I know it sounds so basic, but I, I know I've seen shows that they'll have a guy on and their only research is they opened up hockey DB and they just kind of scroll it as they're talking to him. And you can tell. And again, I'm not saying you have to know every, every bit of information about who you're interviewing because that's impossible and who has the time to do that much research. But holy shit, at least know where he played junior, you know, and have that, you know, just know. And I, I think, and I've always said, I think I find it incredibly disrespectful to your guest when you have them on and it's clear that you've done no research and, uh, and you're, you know, I mean, you can ask your vanilla questions and, you know, a lot of shows do that. Um, a lot of cable shows do that. Actually, this, you know, and initially that's, I've often been asked what, what started my show. Well, what, why I started it is I was listening to a podcast one day and I believe it was, I always say it's Tony Twist. I believe that's who it was. They had Tony Twist on as a guest. And I'm like, oh, this will be great. You can talk about his fights and his career. And I'm a huge Twist fan, so this will be awesome. Well, they asked him a couple, you know, questions from his, literally two questions from his career. And like the most, you know, what was your biggest game? And what was your toughest fight? You know, were there two vanilla questions? And then after that, the rest of the interview was, they, they talked to him about the current Blues team. And like, what did you think of last night's game with the power play? And how Tarasenko was like... Who gives a shit what Tony Twist thinks of the St. Louis Blues power play? That was my opinion. And I just got annoyed. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start interviewing these guys. And we're just, and we're going to keep it as, you know, it is what it is. The Enforcers, that's what we're going to talk about. Hence, Enforcer-based podcasting. Um, that's how my show got started. So uh, find a niche, uh, research. And because I always said, I think with people when they listen, they can tell who's full of shit. And... Um, you know, and they can tell right away if you know what you're talking about or you're making it up or, you know, and I, like, again, the other night, I, I was, the other day I was listening to a show. I'm not going to say what, it's a newer show on a certain NHL team. And of course this host is talking, well, what up? Oh, I've been a fan for decades and blah, blah, blah of this team. And oh, it's all great. Well, meanwhile, he's talking about some draft pick that they had a few years back that's playing in the American League or whatever. And yeah, well, well, I'm not quite sure where he got picked and, uh, you know, how many points he had last year, but yeah, he's really hasn't done much and blah, blah, blah. Really? Like, it's not that, like, you, you know, you're going to talk about him because they were talking about the future of the team. You know, you're going to talk about him. So why not look him up where he's playing and how many points and where he got drafted? It's not hard. I mean, it's Google. You can figure it out in five seconds, but you didn't even take the time to do that. So right there, that indicates a lot to me. Again, I'm not saying we got to go right down to, oh, what's his shoe size? But I mean, really? Like, you, get, you can't even tell me any points he had last year? Come on. You know, and it's just like, it's just, again, this is my little pet peeve. Maybe other people listening don't give a shit. That's my, that sort of indicates to me that you didn't take it serious. So why should I take you seriously? That's my, uh, anyway, that's my rant on that subject. Take it serious. I know it's a hobby and, you know, we're not doing this to get on. Well, some people are maybe using this to hopefully get on and move on to uh, maybe something uh, higher up in media and all that. Hey, good on you. It's a young person's game. Go for it. I'm personally not doing that, but I don't 
poo-poo anybody that wants to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, realize it's a hobby. But not only it's a hobby, yes, and everything else, but if you're going to invest time in it and you want people to invest time in you and listen to your show, do the research. That's very disrespectful. In my opinion, that's very disrespectful to your audience. Take this shit seriously. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying always oh, sit here at game face and everything else. I mean, again, I realize this isn't Sportsnet or ESPN or whatever, but at the same time, when I do the, my show here and I'm telling you about certain guys or whatever, you know, I'm not guessing. I don't want to, you know, not sure where he played last year. Sure. He did a hell of a job though. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I will research the guy. And uh, again, might not be able to give you every pertinent detail on him, but I know enough that, you know, we can have an opinion on it and, and what have you. So, um, I don't know, like I said, if you're going to waste, if you're going to not waste time, but if you're going to spend, like there's hours and hours and hours that go into these shows, at least for me anyway, or for anybody that wants to take their shit serious. And, and, uh, yeah, you got to put in the time and if you're going to put in that much time, be serious about it. So that's my advice to you. I know it's sort of a long winded answer to a five cent question, but we do long winded around here. Um, yeah, actually, I'm looking. It's like at the 44-minute mark. I still have like a half an hour with Jay at the end here. So um, I'm not going to talk for too much longer. But the, I do have, obviously, the Link Gates Top 5, which I think a lot of people are hanging around for. And uh, my week on the Internet. Well, the only thing, my week on the Internet, I had a few run-ins with a few characters. Um, I'm not going to get into too much of that. I will laugh at the one character who had so much to say to me. Despite me not even, I wasn't even commenting to him. But again, he had to jump in and flap his lips and act like he knew. Um, and I actually was sort of, I was just going back and forth with asking questions. And of course, he's name, name calling it. It's like, I normally, I don't chirp off the ice. Like, okay, well, yeah, you're older than I am. And okay, what do you play? You're a big chirper in the adult safe hockey league. Oh, look out old Kovacs here. He's, uh, and I'm not talking Frank. Um, you know, cause Frank could back that shit up, but, uh, no, this goop never played like, okay. But I, what I did, and I've done this to a number of guys and I noticed once again, none of them ever take me up on it. And I'm dead serious when I do it. I told them, you know what, get a hold, send me your phone number and let's, let's do this on the air. Let's do a podcast. We can do a point counterpoint thing and we could talk about this and you can tell me everything I'm wrong about now. What an idiot I am and everything else. I will give you the platform to do that. I'm not going to edit anything. And uh, yeah, I think it would be fun. And I've done this, I don't know, six, seven, eight times to guys. Not one of them has ever followed up. One guy sent me a DM with his number. And when I phoned it, it went right to voicemail. And he never got back to me. And all of a sudden, he was out of the group, never to be heard from again. So he chickened out. So, But I, I have honest, when I throw that uh, challenge out... Yeah, absolutely. Come on. I will let you speak your piece. Um, I mean, if you get too stupid, obviously it'll be okay. You're an idiot. But I mean, because I would love to have that back and forth with someone. I think it would make for some interesting listening. But uh, old uh, old Jeffrey there, he didn't uh, he didn't want anything to do with it. So never heard back from him, which is unfortunate because I think it would have been funny. But it's funny. These guys sure got a lot to say until they actually get put on the spot. Or they're asked to kind of back up their opinion. Then it's hubba da hubba da and the, you know the the backtracking starts, and then 
you know, and then after the after that happens normally and they realize that they have no clue what they're talking about or whatever their statement was has got, you know, more got ripped apart and has more holes than Swiss cheese, then it just resorts down to the name calling. Oh, and the best one in these Facebook groups, because it's once you've posted enough times or whatever, the 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 Facebook puts the the Facebook the Facebook group puts a little thing on your above your name that says group expert. I don't know why, but whatever. Um, I didn't put that there. I know I'm not an expert, but I love it. That's their big comeback. Oh yes, okay there, Mister Group Expert. You know, yeah, little ego much or whatever. It's like yeah, okay, yeah, because I put that on there. You know, um, you know, so that always cracks me up. As soon as they start doing that shit, it's like yeah, okay. You're you're gonna run and hide, so you ain't coming on the show. But for any of you characters out there that are listening, that I did issue the challenge to, it's not even really a challenge. It's just like, well, here's your opportunity. You have so much to say in in print form. Uh, how about you say it uh, verbally, in audio form? I'll give you the platform. I won't edit anything. Uh, believe me, I know you're going to make yourself look like a buffoon. I want you to. So yeah, I won't edit anything. I'll let you speak. Uh, free range so if you're out there there's your uh, opportunity but um yeah my week on the internet but the one thing i did find of course uh you know completely going out of the hockey thing was of course the the shannon sharp skip bayless uh separation and of course everybody you know while shannon was a four but he knew what he's talking about skips just a mouthpiece loser doesn't know what he's talking about he's embarrassing and everything else i saw more and more guys write that and i completely agree skip bayless is an absolute buffoon um as I say with most sports radio guys, Jim Rome and all those clowns. Um, but for all those that were, uh, not all of them, but a bunch of the guys that I saw shitting on Skip Bayless, oh, the irony. Oh, where's my iron? The irony. You do the same thing on social media constantly. I see these guys shit-talking athletes, tweeting at them, talking shit to them. Oh, and every po- this guy sucks and blah, blah, blah. You're, you're just, you're Skip Bayless too. You know, that's the funny part. You're shitting on Skip Bayless for doing the exact thing that you do 24-7 on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and everything else. But, but Skip's the idiot. Okay. I just find the irony of that just sort of, I, I was laughing to myself. And a couple of the guys that I saw commenting, a couple of guys specifically commenting on the Skip Bayless thing. I've seen you talk so much shit in these Facebook groups about enforcers and past fighters and stuff. I almost called you on your shit, but then I was just like, whatever. I don't, it was one of my, uh, after working outside all day, I just didn't have the effort to get into it with you. But yeah, oh, ridiculous. Just hypocrite bullshit. But anyway, yeah, that was, uh, I was sort of an anticlimactic kind of my week on the internet, but. I just wanted to throw that out that it was that it was humoring me that uh, I found humor in it anyway. But uh, well, we're at the fifty minute mark, and I should probably talk about the missing link. I, Tim's been on the edge of his seat here though. He's probably fast forwarded this whole thing to get to Tim. Your name comes up comes up in the rapid fire too. Tim's had a lot of uh, gotten a lot of airtime lately, um, but he's been on the edge of his seat waiting for this Link Gates list. Um, so once again, as I said at the top of the show. Um, Patrick, I appreciate it that, uh, got a hold of me privately. Um, we were just going back and forth and it was kind of like, you know, would you, I, I kind of, I think he actually asked me if I wanted Gates on the podcast or should he ask if I wanted him 
something like that. And I just laugh. I'm like, are you kidding me? That would be the biggest podcast guest ever if you could get Link Gates. I'm like, absolutely. Um, but I'm like, I don't, I've, I've been told he's, I've had, I've heard from other people that have asked him and he's just like, absolutely not. Um, but I, again, I said to Patrick, I, I'm pretty sure he probably won't do it. If he does, I know he won't. I mean, he ain't going to come on for a Lazito four-parter. I know that. Um, you're probably, it's going to be in and out with Gates. So, um, obviously we can't cover his entire career. So I said, well, he would be a very interesting candidate for like the five toughest opponents. Cause that could be kind of a 10, 15, 20 minute deal. You're in and out and you're off the phone, which is probably, if I was ever going to get Gates, that's what probably would happen. And Patrick's like, yeah, pretty much. So, but I said, well, could you ask him who his five toughest opponents was just in passing? Sorry, folks. Hey, so how about that editing there? I started coughing. I, I cut it. I muted it right away. Um, what was I say? Oh, yeah. So I want to thank Patrick for getting Link on. So when Link came over, like I said, they worked together in the oil patch in Alberta. Yes, Link is very much still alive. Um, looks actually pretty good. I saw a picture. Uh, obviously, he had run into Mel Engelstad because they had had Mel put a picture up on his Facebook, I think, last year. And can't stand up for it. Link happened to be in Cal Tire. Was it last year or the year before? And, uh, yeah, he looked good, uh, you know, in shape. And, you know, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, he's 50. 50 some years old, give the guy a break, but you know, and what a tough life he's lived. But, uh, no, he looked a lot better than the last time, like, than I, last time I'd seen him. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish Link well out in the oil patch. And, uh, it's a tough job out there, but, uh, good luck to you guys. But, uh, him and Patrick are friends and he comes over every once in a while. So, like I said to Patrick, could you ask him his five toughest opponents? And he did. And it took a couple days, but I got it back from him. And, uh, here they are from the man himself, Link Gates. Link Gates is. Five toughest opponents. Drum roll. All right. I, well, I'll go five to one. Um, number five was Joel Terrio, the animal. Um, they had a couple run-ins in the LNAH. Great fights. Um, again, all those fights are on YouTube. Um, that's two legends going to war right there. And yeah, and they, uh, they, they beat the shit out of each other. Um, and uh, I will say I have a couple of them on my YouTube channel, but there is, um, yeah, definitely check that out. Hell of a series, and uh, that's two two warriors right there, man. And that and for for Terrio, that was um, you know obviously uh, with the age difference and everything, Link was in the end of his career at that point, and you know older. But Terrio was just sort of getting his feet wet wet in the Quebec League at that time. Um, he had been down, of course, he was a Washington Capitals draft pick. He had been in the American League, the IHL, East Coast League, whatever. And he had just come back to, it was still the Quebec Senior League at that time. And, um, you know, still in his mid-20s. Um, and he hadn't ramped up to be the animal of the LNAs just yet. But it was getting there. And, uh, yeah, great fights, great fights. Um, number four, again, we go back to the Quebec League, Patrick Cote. Um, I've often told this story and this anecdote, but I'll, you know, I, I'll throw it out again. Um, I, a friend of mine, Coach Laval at the time with Patrick Cote was there and he talked to Patrick about fighting Link Gates. And, um, again, they, they went a couple rounds. It's on YouTube. Some of the best, one of the couple of the best fights you'll ever see go forever. And they, oh, they land bombs on each other. Absolute bombs. It's unbelievable. And, um, and that's the other thing with Gates is these fights are all after his car accident and, uh, you know, which really that ended his NHL career. Um, and he's often said, yeah, once, you know, he rehabbed and everything else, but he just lost that step 
after the accident. He could never get back to the NHL, but, um, and you know, he was, you know, he was out of shape and whatever, but it's one thing Link had was a chin and he could take it and, uh, he could take shots and throw shots. And he was, even at that point, out, as out of shape as he was and everything else, he was not an easy out. He wasn't just going to take a few and then like slowly fall and whatever. No, he, he still fought to win and, and he had some incredible fights in the Quebec League. And the Cote fights are a perfect example of that. And as I said, Patrick Cote told my friend, his exact words were, I have never hit someone as hard as I hit Link Gates. And all Link did was grunt and kept coming forward. And that's when I knew I was in trouble. And uh, and that's from Patrick Cote, who is one of the meanest bastards to ever lace up skates. And I've had numerous guys in the show talk about how mean Cote was when he was on the ice. And, uh, yeah, he had nothing but respect for Link Gates. So that says something right there. Um, number three on his list, Mad Mel Engelstad. Um, yes, this fight it was a rare fight, but I managed to get it from Mel. And it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, it is when Link is with the Madison Monsters in the Colonial League. And uh, Mel's in Thunder Bay and just was sort of the kind of the reigning champ of the league. And uh, him and Link go toe-to-toe and... Mel ends up kind of uh, putting Link down on his wallet. And, I mean, Gates got up right away. It was like, oh, he's knocked out in line there. And the trainer had to come out. But, yeah, Mel caught him and put Link down. And But they went toe-to-toe for, you know, a good 10 seconds. And, uh, yeah, he has nothing but respect for Mel. And Mel, uh, like I said, that's that's a great fight. And it is on my YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, Mel dropped the hammer. Um, his second toughest opponent, Tony Twist. Um, this was interesting. Um they fought three times, um, twice in junior and once in the IHL. And um, I was very fortunate. Um, well, so at the beginning, their first fight happened in Spokane when uh, Link was with the Chiefs. Tony was in Saskatoon. Um, that fight has never surfaced. I've never heard anything about that fight. Um, I just, I just saw it on the. And I don't even know if Twist has even talked about it. I should go back and check out the Bad Boys books because that comes into what I'm about to say. But um, I never heard anything about their first fight in Spokane. They did have a rematch in Saskatoon. That video is on my YouTube channel. And Link pumps them. Absolutely pumps Twist. I don't even know if Twist lands a punch. And Link lands about 30 in about 20 seconds. And uh, yeah, he really gave it to Twist. Which Twist completely says in the book. He's like, oh yeah, he killed me. And, uh, yeah, and it's always fun because it's from a game tape. So you get the crowd. Yeah. A couple of uh, Saskatoon's finest in the background yell, twist you punch and bag at the end. I'm like, uh, even the home team fans were upset with you. Tough crowd. But, um, Tony twist talks about the bad boys book that he really wanted. He needed to avenge that loss. And, uh, he finally got to do it in the IHL. And he talks about the, you know, they go toe to toe and he actually caught Link and Link went down and ended up like falling on his helmet. It's like, and he, he's like almost like he was sitting down on the ice. Um, and he hit Twist again and mentioned that in the book. Well, nobody had ever seen that footage. It was all, you know, that was one of the holy grail fights that everybody wanted to see. Well, and it had been years and years and no one had ever seen it and it was whatever. Um, I happened to be uh, a friend of mine, uh, made a Link Gates DVD. Great link, a two DVD set actually back in the day. And I had made copies of it and I sent it to Eric, my friend Eric. Eric, I hope you're doing well out there. I know you're probably not listening, but if you are, phone home. I'd love to talk to you again. Um, I miss our, I miss our talks. Great guy. Um, but, uh, 
and, but Eric was in there and, uh, and he had, he had known Tony for years and, uh, I sent him the link gate stuff and I said, uh, and cause Eric used to like film, film a lot of stuff at games and, uh, and I was, and I was a real minor league guy. And I kind of just said to him in passing when I gave him the disc a couple of weeks later after he told me he watched him and really enjoyed him and everything else. I said, yeah, just out of curiosity, I know you have a lot of footage and stuff kicking around. I said, was there any Gates fights that were missing from that disc? And he's like, well, yeah, the rematch with Twist in the IHL when Twist catches him. I said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I'd love to have that. And he's like, oh, I have it. I'm like, yeah, say that. Excuse me? Uh, can you say that in my good ear? And he's like, yeah, I got it from Tony years ago. I was like, holy shit, can you say, oh, absolutely. So he sent it to me, and again, that ended up on my YouTube channel. And that was a big deal when I first, I, you know, I told, I remember kind of building it up, like, hey, guys, I got one of the holy grails in, like, the little fight nerd community was the Twist Gates IHL rematch. And, of course, they were all pumped, so I put it up there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it pretty much goes exactly the way Twist describes it in the book. And, uh, yeah, so definitely check it out on my YouTube channel. The, the, the beating and the revenge is on my channel, so check it out. Um, but there you go. That was number two with Tony Twist. Number one, what do you guys think it is? None other than Joe Koser. Yes, those. that was, of course, Link Gates' first fight in the NHL was with Joe Koser as a member of the Minnesota North Stars. And uh, Joey gave it to him pretty good. Uh, but the young kid hung in there. He took some shots. Uh, it, really, it really showcased the chin that Link has because the shots he was taking, most guys would have just covered up and bailed and be like, I'm out of here. Uh, and lesser men have gotten buckled from those shots. Um, but Link kept going forward and trying to, you know, his first showing he did, he did not bad. I'm, I'm not giving him the W or anything, but he did all right. The second fight is when he really got it taken to him and he got cut above his eye. And, um, again, at, from fight fans, I think that gets greatly exaggerated. Oh, and Coaster massacred him. It's like, well, not, like Gates was landing some shots. Again, the big thing is, is just the fact that he was just taking these bombs from Joey Coaster that not many people did. And he, he, and you watch that. I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm some Coaster hater and a Link fan, or I'm just saying this as a fight fan. If you go, I mean, the fight, both fights are on YouTube. You can go watch them for yourself. I'm sure most people listening have seen them. Um, but watch the second fight, despite getting busted up and stuff, Link is going forward. Like he's definitely the aggressor in the fight. I'm not saying Joey's trying to back from him, back away from him or anything, but, um, he is taking shots and like, again, not going down. Like he's taking him and trying to throw back, but just closer, just had good position on him and a good, a good grab. And, and, uh, he was the one landing quicker, but, uh, yeah. And, and Gates did tell Patrick, he couldn't, he could not get over how hard Joey Coaster hit. Um, yeah, that was one of the things he did mention when, when Patrick talked to him. Um, one of the things that, and it was funny because I mentioned to Patrick ahead of time and I said, well, we asked him about his five toughest opponents and we were kind of going back and forth about what his answers might be. I said, well, I would think the Probert fight would be in there. Cause that was, that was in my opinion, his best NHL fight. And, uh, him and Probert just went toe to toe at the Cal Palace when Link was in San Jose. And I think that, that really showed everybody what Link the possibility, like the, because he's still a young guy, he's still, you know, he'd, he'd only played a few games in the NHL up to that point, he got picked up by San Jose in the expansion draft, he's about 24 years old, um, you know, of course he has his issues and everything else, but that was his only full season in the NHL, um, and even then he was suspended a bunch of games, I think he, uh, you know, again, my my rambling, I just came out with this, but he had, you know, 46 games that year with San Jose, but he had like 300 minutes, and, but, um, 
him and him and Prover go toe to toe, and it, like I said, it's a real showcase fight for Link because you know, to Pro, it's, uh, it was 1991. Prover's still in his prime, he's still in Detroit, and uh, yeah, it was just a great fight. And uh, I and obviously I just read off the five. He didn't mention it, so Patrick did mention like, well, what about the Probert fight? And um, Gates said, and this is again, this is what Link told Patrick, and he related to me. He was like. Nothing take away from Probert. He's one of the greatest of all time, but he never actually landed any really clean shots on me or like some real, any real heavy shots, which was what, when he talked about his five toughest is what he was getting at. The other five guys he had mentioned all like landed real hard, clean shots on him. And, and, uh, so that's why they ended up on his list. Whereas he said, Probert never really got him all that clean. He wasn't saying pro. Oh yeah. No, he's overrated. He didn't say anything like that. He did say he was one of the best of all time. But he was just saying when you watch the fight, maybe from the angle that we see. Um, but he was like, yeah, he never really caught me clean with anything. So that's why Probert didn't make his list. So, But it was it was a great fight nonetheless. Check Again, it's all over YouTube, so you can check it out. But there you go, folks. That's uh, the top five Link Gates' toughest opponents from the man himself. Again, Patrick, thank you very much for sharing that with me and asking. Um, and maybe someday, folks, Link will come on and we, and we can hear it from him from himself and he could describe the fights but uh in the meantime that's the best i could do for you but um there we are and now here's a word from our sponsor light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings sportsbook new customers can make a five dollar bet and score two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use the promo code thpn that's code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. We, uh, you know, the, uh, that's the portion of the show of, uh, sorry, I'm just marking off my, uh, ad drop time. So, um, yeah, enough of me yapping. My throat's killing me. Um, I got to work again. Now it is now 1113 and, uh, yeah, I've actually talked for an hour about nothing, I guess, but, uh, and I still got to, we still got a half an hour to go. So I'll shut up. Um, here's my 10 rapid fire questions with Jay. Again, I want to thank Jay for coming on the show. He's always a great guest. He comes prepared. But he couldn't prepare for this. He thought he was going to be a smart fart and he knew what I was going to ask because he had heard the other episodes. But I threw him a curveball. And uh, I, I had some I had specific minor league questions for him. So, like I said, Jay's a minor league guy. And uh, it, was a fun t- it was a fun discussion. And we branch off and yap about a whole bunch of different things. But uh, I think you guys will like his answers. And he's always a great guest. So, once again, I want to thank all you guys for listening. Whatever... Um, Again, as always, whatever platform you're listening to this show on, could you review it? Just a star rating there. 
rate and review. You don't have to write anything, just rate with the stars. I'd appreciate that as a content creator. That helped not only for myself, Alec, Joe, any podcast that you listen to. Like I always say, you're, it's in your hand and your phone anyway. Just hit the rating because it helps out in the algorithms for that creator. As well as on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Hey, go check out all the Link Gates fights I just talked to you about. And 2,000 other fights that are on my channel. Subscribe to the channel. If you watch the Link fight and you like it, hit like on the video. And Because uh, YouTube loves that kind of stuff. So that's my, that's my only humble request to you, the listeners. Um, again, I want to thank everybody. That's t- that always takes the time out to listen. I know there's a million things that you could listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to my show, um, it's very humbling and I greatly appreciate it. I apologize again for my voice tonight, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging. So I'm I, 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 I podcasting. I'm playing hurt, folks. You know, it's the playoffs. I'm playing hurt. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you very much for tuning in. Here's my talk with Jay, my 10 rapid questions. I'll be back to talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Alright, here we are in the fourth line voice. We're back with the rapid fire questions. And I got a, well, returning guest. I don't know how many times he's been on now, but old Jay out in Iowa. What's happening? Uh, just just another good night. Uh, I know you're scraping the bottom of the barrel again. So hey, oh. let's call up old Jay. He got nothing going on on a Friday night. Yeah. And, and if people only knew how long and what we've been talking about for like the last two hours, that is not on record. Yeah. It's probably a good thing it's not recorded. I would definitely say so. Yeah. We're talking small town Saskatchewan. We're talking lots of things tonight. But uh, <laughs> what we're going to do now, though. <laughs> here, stop talking. Stop. But what, what we're going to do now. <laughs> here, hold on. <laughs> All right. Unpause. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just being giddy little schoolgirls over here. Uh, <clears throat> well, with Jay, of course, you know, I've had the other cats on. And we talked to rapid fire stuff. And it was a lot of like, NHL center type questions but jay i can tell you folks is straight minor league and that's that, that's not just my preference for hockey that is everything possible yeah if you're talking but if you're talking lower rung bottom of the barrel you're talking about jay <laughs> reach up the touch bottom buddy yeah that perfect guest for this show that's why you've been on so many times <laughs> yeah so but I have, uh, I know you listened to the other episodes and you heard the questions I asked and stuff. I mixed them up though. See, Jay doesn't know what oh, I'm going to ask him. I changed the questions. I, I made them more minor league centered. So it's like, it's the same, but different. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to hit Jay here with a, with some stuff that he doesn't know is coming. So we'll see how this turns out. This could be a real fucking fiasco here to be completely this, honest. This might end up being the, uh, like the Sunday night at, 10 p.m. Shit, I got to put something out, so let's throw this out there. Yeah, that's why I'm doing this on Friday, so I got like 48 hours to like edit shit. So I'm going to have to learn how to edit things after this. But we'll see. But uh, 45 minutes will be turning about six real quick. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to record for long today. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, here we go. Question one. Well, first of all, to give folks some background, I mean, you're in the Quad City area, but you've. uh, like, you go back to the old UHL days. Oh, I go back to the old Colonial League days. Yeah. Like, it's been, it's, it's been, uh, hell, better, better than 25 years. Yeah. And I know you always talk about, like, the Colonial UHL, or UHL, like, that's kind of your, 
the fondness of where it all started for you and everything. So that's kind of where this first question is going to go. So I'll include the Colonial League, but Colonial League slash UHL, your top three tough guys in UHL history. Oh God! See, we're off to a hot start. See, see, it's tough because because there's a lot of guys who came out of the UHL and the Colonial League that were just they were just incredibly tough. But a lot of them got like hit their stride after they left the league. Yeah. Oh, son of a this that's a tough one. Uh, well first you gotta say Kerry Toporowski because I mean that's any minor league discussion pretty much starts with him. Yep. Um hell. No, are we talking just toughest or best fighters or what? Well, I mean, I guess you can go it yeah, you know. I guess that's a pretty broad oh, best enforcer. Well, I mean it would mean kind of best fighter. I mean I don't know, we'll just say, I don't know, who do you think of the top, best fighters, we'll say that. So you got Topper. Um, yeah, Topper was in there. Um, he was he was starting to hit his stride when he left the league was Mike Varhog. You know, he's starting to figure it out. Yep. Big dude, finally, a puppy finally growing into his, getting used to his size. Yep. Oh, my God. And I know there's so many guys that I'm leaving out, but top three is tough. Um, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going another Homer pick. I'm going to have to say, uh, a guy named, no, you said, you said best fighters though, not toughest. Well, who are you going to say? Um, I was going to say a guy who played here in Quad City named Mark McFarland. Like he would, he would drop the gloves 10, 15 times a year. Yep. Uh, but he would play, you know, first, second lines and just fucking grind it out, push it through the glass. Uh, and he was, he embodies toughness. So fuck it. I'll say Mark McFarlane for three. All right. Were you, um, were you, well, with your age and everything, like was Engelstad still there when you were watching? I re- like vaguely remember him in Thunder Bay. And then. Well, with your age, he pretty year. much had to be leaving and going to the IHL at that point. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, God damn it. There's so many guys that I could have mentioned from Thunder Bay, too, like Jason Disher and, and, and Anglestad. Jason Disher is a guy that doesn't get much play. Uh, Kevin Holliday. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to slide Kevin Holiday in there instead of McFarland. I apologize, Mark, if you're listening. Uh, Kevin Holiday, because he was with both Rockford and Thunder Bay. Yep. Um, yeah, he's sneaking in there. Well, yeah, with Thunder Bay, man, you got, you know, Mel and Ramsey and Disher and Holiday and, you know. Oh, and fucking Bruce Ramsey. Oh, my God. All right, I'm swapping out Varhog for Ramsey now. That's already at Var, uh, Ramsey, Toporowski, and uh, Holiday. That's it. One, two, three. There you go. But yeah, in in uh, Mel's last season when he came back with Motor City, uh, they didn't play Quad City very much that year. And I think I might have saw him once, and he didn't. It was just pretty much, you know, he's at the tail end of his career, and he's got nothing to prove to anybody. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he didn't have that many fights that year. Um, he had a couple of good ones, though. I think he had a really good one with Brett Angel. I think he dropped Angel, actually. I think. That was a guy who was who was hitting mess. Brett Angel? Because he would, he would have, yeah, he would have like a highlight reel fight, and then he wouldn't show up against, you know, Bob Davies from, you know, Fort Wayne or just some somebody who was just off the – Completely out of left field, he just wouldn't show up for it. But again, that's a guy who you know, did it at a higher level and was just 
I would imagine it's hard to get up for it every time when you're used to playing a little bit higher up. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, let's see, I'm sitting in the dark. Where's my pad here? Number two. Okay. Well, <clears throat> it's funny because, of course, last the last episode for the folks I had, you know, I always say it's Ice Wars time of year. You know, as we go into the summer, it's Ice Wars season. And uh, Jay is, uh, I know, is a fan of the Ice Wars. And so, with this question, what current player would you like to see in Ice Wars? What current player? Um, well, I know it's been put out on social media, so they haven't announced it yet officially, but Ryan divided my first pick. Um, and then there's a guy named Jake Schultz who played majority of the year in the Federal League this year, maybe all, all the entire season. But a kid named Jake Schultz, I think, would do really, really well at Ice Wars. He's, you know, he's a bigger kid. Um, I remember talking to him. He got suspended when he was, he was here with in Quad City with the Southern League team and he got suspended and he was, he's the kid who went on back when it was open hockeyfights.com every night. He said, every night I go on there, look at the fights. He's like, every, every shift I'm out there asking somebody to go. And he was usually pretty, pretty wide open. I think uh, Jake Schultz would do a good showing. There we go. All right. Well, number three, um, and I know, like I said, you've been around the minors for a while. You have a number of uh, items and jerseys and all that stuff. And I always know you and I have always commented: the more carny, the better. What is your favorite minor league promotion of all time? My favorite minor league promotion of all time. Um, no, as far as like jerseys or just in general, whatever. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll do. I'll do both. So, my favorite promotion of all time was. And I know you know him, and I know a lot know of him, and I know a lot of your listeners know of him. But uh, Robbie Nichols, legendary coach, just—I I haven't seen much footage of him when he played, but all accounts say that he was just insane when he was playing. Um, when Quad City, the first season, we had hockey here in Quad City, the Flint Generals won the championship that year with Robbie Nichols as their head coach, and. Nichols was never one to shy away from, you know, mouthing off in the media, and he he knew how to. He was he was basically a, a wrestling promoter on a hockey team. So the next year there was the, the second year we had hockey here in Quad City. Um, Robbie Nichols was saying, "Oh, you know, you're never going to win a cup, blah blah blah," and it came out that the Mallards were going to do chuck a puck for to raise money for, I, I don't know exactly what for, but there was a, like a little girl who was sick. So they were raising money for her with the chuck puck And Robbie Nichols said, I'm going to bring the Colonial Cup to Quad City and stand at center ice with it during chuck puck because it's as close as you're ever going to come to see it on your ice. So he stood at center ice at second intermission, and there were people just winging pucks. There was probably 3,000 pucks on the ice. That that still sticks out of my head as like the, the the most encapsulating of minor league hockey promotion that I've that I can remember. Tremendous. And then as far as like jersey deals, um, the old uh, uh, it was El Paso, El Paso Buzzards, and this is going back late nineties. 
they changed their name to the El Paso Cow Patties for a weekend. And the jersey was, I mean, this was now, you get off the wall jerseys nowadays, you know, every other weekend. But back then it was, it was a pretty much every that. team. Oh, yeah. Every team had like the, the standard template for jersey, just different logos. So they had a cow, a cow pattern jersey, and the logo was uh, a cartoon cow stick over its shoulder with a big steaming cow flop right behind it. And you own one. That's my favorite. I I do own one of these. As far as I know, it's essentially the only one that ever made it out of El Paso. There you go. The cow patties. Tremendous. Marketing gold right there. There you go. Because I, I, I called down there. I'm like, hey, you know, can I get a T-shirt? Well, we're not selling T-shirts, but we're doing a jersey auction. I'm like, all right, here's my credit card number. There you go. Well, that that leads into my next question. You are a game worn guy and jerseys and all that stuff. Um, as far as game warrens go, what would what would be? I know you probably get this question a lot, but what would be your holy grail? Oh, that's tough to that that's tough to pick out. Um, Maybe, maybe an Anglestad Thunder Bay jersey. Yeah, that that's that's pretty high up there. Um, that 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 maybe or maybe a Jacques Mayotte first season Quad City Mallards jersey. There you go. That's some good answers right there. I'd say I'd say one of those two. Yeah. All right. Or or maybe no. I think above everything, and I know the guy who used to have it, um, a Link Gates Madison Monsters jersey. <laughs> yeah. I've actually seen that jersey a few times. Yeah, I, saw, I remember on game worn auctions. I think I saw it. Maybe I'm up my ass, but I'm pretty sure I saw it. Yeah, those Madison. Yeah, those jerseys were something. Those ones. Oh, that's that. Those are tremendous. That's. I need I need to get a home and a home and a road, and then that'll be pretty close to completing my completion or completing my collection to my uh, my satisfaction. Yeah, those are phenomenal. If you could have season tickets to any team, what would it be? Like any time, what would it be? What team? Oh, if you can get in the DeLorean and go back and have season tickets. Well, I mean, I had season tickets to some of the. To some of the best colonial United League hockey you're ever going to see. Yeah, but I might have to say, and I don't remember the year. It might have been ninety nine, two thousand, or two thousand, two thousand one. The Asheville Smoke. Yeah, yeah. When they had you know, Wag- the, the Wagner and all them. Oh yeah, and because they, they had they played Knoxville all the time. And Knoxville is only like an hour and a half from, from Asheville. And there was just, they had two or three bench clears, I want to say. So aside from what I had here in Quad City, that, that season of Asheville hockey might have been it. Yeah, that would have been pretty sweet. Yeah, their team was loaded. Um, best fight you've seen live? Best fight I've seen live? It was, that's funny. It was actually an uh, Asheville and Quad City game. Um, there was a scrum on the ice and Chris Millette was trying to get Mark McFarlane to go. And there was like all over, like Millette was following McFarlane up and down the ice, completely away from the scrum. Um, 
McFarland skates by the bench, and the Mallards coach at the time was Paul McLean. And McLean just nodded and said, all right, go do what you got to do. So they dropped the gloves and square off at center ice. And McFarland lands probably the single hardest punch I've ever seen anybody land. And Millette's out before he even hits the ice, right at center ice. And there was somebody, I don't remember who it was, Tom Will, it might have been Tom Wilson for the smoke, came out of the penalty box going after McFarland. And then that set off, you know, it wasn't a bench clear, but everybody else came together again. But that's that's the most, like the most impactful fight that I've ever seen live. There you go. There you go. Well, like you said, you're in Quad Cities and you've seen a lot of Mallard stuff over the years, the United League. American League, Southern Pro League. Um, out of all of them, if they were like, okay, you got to pick a league, what league would you have picked in Quad City? And that's what it was going to be. Um, honestly, probably that, like, 07 to 09 AHL. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, outside the LNAH, that was the toughest league in the world. Yep. I wish we would have seen more of the East Coast teams out here. But even still, like there was, every team had two or three guys, and God, it, it was the second best hockey league in the world for as far as skill was concerned. Yep. So I mean, you have incredible amount of skill and some of the best tough guys that are out there, and you know you can roll over a fourth line with you know one or two. I mean, I, when I say cement, I don't mean you know they're not goons. I mean they're playing the second best league in the world. But a fourth line with guys who don't see much ice time, and they could be the kings of the ECHL or any other, you know, double A league. And it was just fantastic hockey. Yep. Who was there? Was Prust was there, right? The time? Oh, uh, yeah. Prust was there the first year. Because um, it was the Quad City Flames. Uh, yep. Yep. A kid named Ryan Donnelly was in Quad City. He was tough as nails. Um, an undersized guy named J.J. Watt, who was really tough. Uh, buddy of my, our buddy of yours, Pistol Pete Vandermeer was here. Uh-huh. Um, the hammer, Jonathan Tromblay got some preseason run of maybe one or two regular season games. I'm actually going to cut um, you off right there. Um, that's an interesting name. And I know we talked about him on your season tickets. Well, that's another thing for those folks listening. I, I need to get back doing this. But one of the things I wanted to do, I think I did three or four of them. I called it season tickets. And we basically did like a year in review of a certain thing. And with Jay and I, we did, was it 0506? United it league? was 0506. Yeah, it was when Danbury was in the league. And uh, yep. and we basically just talked about that whole season and whatever. Anyway, check that episode out. It's really good. But um, Jonathan Trombley, of course, he came out of the Quebec Junior League. is basically undefeated. And like he was like the heavyweight kingpin. And everybody, I know you got to see him a lot in Quad City and stuff. What, um, did, and that's the thing, a lot of that footage is, finding Trombley footage is tough. Oh, JD Skunk on YouTube, check it out, there's some stuff on there. Yeah, there's a, there's a few on there. Yeah, there is. What's your overall feeling on him? How did he do when he was in Quad City? I, he wasn't the, I'll, I'll say he wasn't the greatest skater out there. Um, and there was guys who were genuinely afraid of him. The only fight that I remember him losing that year, uh, he started the year in Kalamazoo, and he lost a fight to uh, 
uh, PL3, Pierre-Luc LeBlanc, which, I mean, obviously that's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, the yeah. guy went on to have a, even a great NHL career. Yeah. But anytime he dropped the gloves that I saw him, it it wasn't even close. Like, he was he was a generally – people were afraid of him at this level. I remember it was near the end of the season in Flint um, – a guy named Chad Wilcox, who he, he was a he was a solid fighter, um, but he and Trombley dropped the gloves at center ice in Flint, and Trombley landed three or four lefts that just buckled him, and he went down. And that that's if after the McFarland fight, that might be the second hardest I've ever seen a guy get hit. Yeah, he was just just a beast of a man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it's a shame he didn't go a little longer and. But yeah, I know his skating was always sort of the Achilles heel there. But yeah, he uh, there was a lot of hype with him coming out of Quebec. So what's of- funny is he actually played his last ever professional game here in Quad City. Um, he, he tried out for the Flames. I don't remember where he went after that. But after the AHL left Quad City, they brought back in, and I don't remember if it was one of the, the IHL two years or the Central League year. But he actually came into Quad City in the preseason. And the coach was a guy named Frank Anzalone. And basically, uh, he, he, from my understanding, he pretty much killed Trombley's desire to play hockey. And Trombley left before preseason was over. So the last ever game he played was actually a preseason game for the Mallards. Ugh. Yeah. Which I, I actually have that jersey. Well, there you go. <laughs> I know you got some good. Well, and Jay's been known to take a few pictures at some Quad City games. I know you got some good shots at Trombley too. Yeah, I got a I got a couple of really good ones of him in uh, that fight with Wilcox and Flint. Um, as far as I know, I have the only the only shots of him when he was with the Flames. I think I might have sent you that one. Yep, the square I off one. Squared off at center yeah, ice. Yep. yep, yep. But yeah, he was he was just a, a, a terrifying human being on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Like guys, yeah, him and then like I think Kevin Cormier came out of there. Yeah, there were some big dudes. Marty Doyle. There were some bad dudes coming out of the Quebec League at that time. So what's what's kind of disappointing is one of my. You know what? I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to try to read your notes. But if there's a like a, a most underrated or guy that you're going to ask me about, he actually got traded out of town because of Trombley coming in. It was named Cody Doucette. Yeah. And. That, that kid was just wild here, but he got traded away because they were bringing in Trombley. Yeah, Doucette. Well, and he went on to the LNA. He was in the LNAH for a long time, and he he fought everybody in that league, too. And an undersized guy, too, but didn't back down. And No, I was a big no, fan he, of Doucette. Yeah, he, he had no fear in his heart. That's for damn sure. That's the guy. I actually, I don't know why. I don't think he's done a podcast. I had to get him on the show. We follow each other on social to... media. Yeah. Fun, fun to hear, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should have some stories, that's for sure. Um, well, question eight. This is kind of this is an easy one, but it's just just in general. Who's your favorite fighter of all time? Oh. I, I want to say Mayotte just because when Quad City first got hockey, he was like he was that guy. He's the one I remember most from, you know, being an early, you know, 13, 14, 15, whatever I was. Just out there, it seemed like he was fighting 
two or three times a game. And it was, you know, it was a main event anytime he, he went with anybody. So I, I may not, um, there's, there's another guy who was definitely under the radar guy. He didn't fight a lot, but when he did, he was an undersized guy. One of my favorite players and favorite fighters, it was Brad Essex. Yeah. And he was a D man that could fight, you know, he could fight anybody, but he'd still, he's like a first pairing D man. I know he and uh, David Ambler had one hell of a fight here in Quad City. No. So it's, I, I got to go with Mayotte. There you go. All right. Well, then, uh, of course, you got to go on the other side of the coin. Who's your most hated? It doesn't have as to be. Far as, well, it doesn't have to be. Just like when they used to come to town, you're like, I hate this motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, there's, there was, and that's why I love the UHL back then. It's almost, it seems like every team had one of those guys. Yeah. You know, there was like, there was the, Jim Duhart, uh, Robin Bouchard, guys who you hated to see. Mark Major was another one, even though he didn't fight a lot when he was tail end of his career with Flint. Um, Big Snake. Um, but I, I think I got to say Bruce Watson, probably. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Because he played for he played for Asheville, Rockford, and Port Huron. And he was a guy you would absolutely love to have on your team, but you hated him being on the other, on the other team. Yeah. Bruce Watt, there you go. Well, that was uh, that was question. Here, oh, we're at the end. Question 10. I know you've traveled around and watched many a game. What's the best minor league arena that you've been in? Um, It's it's hard to pick. I mean, I the arena here in Quad City, we're spoiled. It's, it's a nice, nice... Fairly mugged. Well, it's twenty five years old at this point, but it's still a nice arena. Uh, seats ten thousand if they pull the curtains back. Um, oh yeah, front row here. Yeah, he's got. He's out. The, he's in the penthouse there at the quads. <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh, if they pull the curtain back, like you're up there with them mouth breathers down there in well, your nice palatial estate. Just, just because we have wait staff where we sit, exactly. we have our own waitress. Does doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there there's so many. Uh, I. The old Dade County Coliseum in Madison was was really cool. Um, the Glens Falls Arena in Adirondack was awesome, but you know I probably have to say Kalamazoo. Yeah, because last time I went there, it was still everything was still the old wooden seats, and you could just you know it's kind of a cramped concourse, but you could just feel the history when you go in there. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that, that's the one thing. Of course, like up here in Saskatoon, of course, we get like junior hockey, you know, and then the small towns of the SJHL. And I mean, you got that kind of vibe going here. But I, I, I'm always jealous of you guys. Like, uh, I would, because I'm like with you, I love minor league hockey and shit. I would love to be like, yeah, go to Fort Wayne, go to Kalamazoo, you know, go to, like you said, Adirondack, you know, Quad City, like all these, like a rich history of like, Oh, if these like the the or Johnstown, I'd love to go to Johnstown. Yeah, even Wheeling. You know, we went to we went to some games out in Wheeling, and you could just feel the history of the building. Yeah, it's like or that saying, you know, like, like if, Fort Wayne or or even yeah. Flint. We went to a game in Flint once in January, and the Chillers weren't working for the ice, so they had to have all the doors open in the arena. Tremendous, love it. So it's like thirty eight degrees in the arena. You're seeing your breath, but I mean that's. You should, 
that's fucking minor league hockey right yeah. there, man. You're basically seeing the outdoor classic without actually going yep. to the outdoor classic. Yep. Outdoor classic, but not getting rained on. Yep. But there's, uh, there's, yeah, there's just so many, yeah, so many cool places to see. Yeah, and it's literally that, like, if these walls could talk thing, right? So it's just like... Although, well, like Danbury, we went to, to Danbury, and the one side, it, it was literally a practice rink. The one side of the rink, there's no seating at all. You just walk in, and there you are. And then the other side seats, like, maybe 22, Um, The Columbus Stars didn't even last a whole year, but they played literally in like a practice rink. It, there was like 800, 800, 850 seats. And then you go to like Fort Wayne or Quad City or uh, the old Missouri River Riders Arena, and they see, they all seat over 10,000. Yeah. Well, there we go. There is the 10 rapid fire questions with Jay. Man, I was, I was all ready with the, with some answers that I heard before and didn't even get to those questions. I know. See, I'm not, well, you, you threw me off. I don't like that. If if people are going to tune in, I'm not giving it. Uh, you're not going to get the same old, same old here. It's like Burger King. You want it your way. That's how we do it around here. And I was. Gonna, and I told you that I'm that I'm in the beer, so I put the mouth with some people. But no, you didn't ask the questions. Well, I mean, you got all yeah. You went all censored on me here after telling me all these. Well, you were uncensored for the last hour and a half, but now as soon as I hit record. All of a sudden, I get prim and proper. The Queen's English Jay here. So, well, let's be honest. We can't. We can't be talking about the the old Bob fellow we were talking about before. No, no. I mean, that's <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, there's exactly. But I want to thank you for coming on the show. I like. I mean, at this point, you got to be the leader in the clubhouse. Like, how many times you've been on the show? You've been on the show more than anybody, I would think. It's got to be six, seven, eight times. Oh, yeah, it's either you or Alec. It, it just goes to show the quality of show that you produce that I've been on here more than anybody else. Well, yeah, I, I clearly do not care about my listeners at this <laughs> point. I, I guess I've made that perfectly clear without saying it. Yeah, but these are my nonverbal cues. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when's the last time you had a list for Tim? I know Tim's a little hot at me right now. I think I, you know what I think. Understandably so. Well, I mean, I don't blame him. Uh, you know, and the thing is, he plays the stuff in the truck. There, the kids got to listen to the blue language. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I think the ultimate yeah. thing is, I think to finally kind of maybe do the final list is get Tim on, and we'll just do Tim's well, list, and that'll be the last list I ever do on the show. We'll get Tim to do it. How, how can how can he have not been on yet? I'm kind of disappointed in him for that. I know. You know what? As we're sitting there, I'm thinking, I don't even know if I've, I've had to have asked him to come on the show. I, I, though now that I'm saying it, actually, maybe I've said it on the air, but I haven't really actually ever sent him an email saying to come on the show. Or maybe I have. I don't know. I don't, maybe. I might have to do that. Well, it's a little late now, but tomorrow, after work, I'm going to send Tim a li- uh, an email and say, like, why have you not come on the show? And let's do a list. Why is he not provided? I feel as though he should provide a list of lists that he could do. I know. I think Tim's actually really been shucking his duties here. Like, it's kind of, I don't know. He's dropped the ball. He's dropped the ball. He has. He has. Yeah, list guy Tim. It's a little upsetting, actually. I think I, I, now that I'm saying it, I think I actually asked him, and then I think he said, well, what list would we do? 
And I'm like, well, you're the list guy. Come up with one. You know, <laughs> I like, I put the, I, I put like every ball in his court. I don't want to put any thought into this. Maybe Tim can do a list about the list. Maybe hey, that, that and see, that's I'll show behind behind the curtain here. Yeah, regardless of how he sounds, Darren does no show prep at all. No, he just makes all his guests do all the show prep. I try to. That's it's easier that way. <laughs> yeah, I've had guys like, oh, dude, I know you said you need a guest. I'll come on your show. What do you want to talk about? No, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> and as the kids say, I'll riff off of what you're saying because that way I don't have to put any thought into this show. You know. Well, that's that's why it's good to have me on because there's no thought at all. Oh, judging by these answers, you, yeah, I don't think you need exactly. To, you didn't need to say that. I think the listeners know. Yeah, the the disconnect between my brain and that the hole in my mouth where sounds come out. It's, it's a pretty big one. See, you say that though, but that's not true. I could tell you, folks, when we do the minor league preview shows and when we did like the the season season ticket series. This dude had like notes. It was like he was doing a thesis. I could hear the notebook pages turning as he was telling talking. So you don't give yourself any credit, but you were one of the most prepared guests ever. That's why this actually that season ticket, as I said before, you guys should definitely check it out because that is definitely we get to the that was that was one of the best episodes I've done, and I got tremendous feedback on that. I'm not just saying that because Jay's on the air because believe me, I would like completely sewer them too if I had to but I will give him credit for this I had tremendous feedback on that season ticket series show and uh, you actually that because that was the first one out of the gate that I did was with you and I that was a pretty high bar for the other guys to follow and Sirius had completely shit the bed I can tell you that he brought that series to a crashing halt you know <laughs> well I still remember you're like what season you want to do I'm like oh, let's do 0506 UHL and you're like really that seems, that, seems, that seems like an odd choice. I'm like, yeah, just trust me. Yep. And it was tremendous. I mean, you, you got if you haven't if if you haven't listened, you got to go back. You have to. Uh, there's there's murder. Yeah. There's there's beauty. There's tears. And there's the Danbury Trashers. Well, and an enema superhero. And an enema superhero. How dare I forget Enemaan? Yeah. So we're not going to go any further. You have to tune in for that. There is a murder and there is an enema wearing a cape. This, oddly enough, this is the second time today that enema has been brought up. See, there you go. So you folks need to check out that episode. I, don't, I can't remember what number it is, 170 something or something. I don't know. Whatever, it's in the title. It's, yeah, it's ECHL 05 or, yeah, or UHL, pardon me, 0506. Yeah. And uh, it is tremendous, and we break down the whole series or a whole season. And uh, yeah, there's yeah, there's some shit that went down that season. So yeah, yeah. that was yeah, because that was the uh, that was the Mark Potvin season too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there. There's drama. There's drama, folks. There's it's it's a soap opera. You need to listen to it. There you go. We're gonna leave him with a cliffhanger right there. Yeah. So there you go, folks. Well, thank you to Jay. Yeah, I know it's super late there and it's super late here i'm sure my wife is just thrilled with me so uh but with that there we go it's another rapid fire and you people that don't like fighting how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on